Hello, good morning, welcome to Important Old News, my name is Cameron, um, I'm talking fast, forgive me, I gotta talk fast because YouTube only lets me upload minutes that are 15 minutes max, I'm talking kind of quiet because I live in a place with thin walls and I don't want everyone to hear me talk because I'm shy, alright, uh, today's episode is called Dissecting Propaganda, Fixing Misinformation About Unions, Dissecting Propaganda, Fixing Misinformation About Unions, um, Basically, I'm going to find some propaganda, and I'm going to dissect it. Uh, the one, or the piece I found today, actually it came about my attention from a friend. He sent me a video of it. But basically, it's a video read aloud by the author of an article of a 2011 New York Post opinion piece uh, about unions, or against unions. Um, and the video was uploaded in 2021, interestingly enough. And then again, six months ago, for some reason, on another page you know it's kind of outdated now so basically we're gonna watch this video and I'm gonna address some of the uh, inaccuracies in the video so here we go dissecting propaganda fixing misinformation about unions let me find this the biggest uh, no 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 all right there we go all right there's the video so we'll start from the beginning and um, so I gotta pause a lot and we'll talk about uh, each part that I want to address. All right, here we go. The biggest myth about labor unions is that unions are for the workers. Unions are for unions, just as corporations are for corporations and politicians are for politicians. Nothing shows the... Okay, keep in mind that this is an opinion piece. It's clearly labeled opinion in the New York Post. And throughout this article, he um, basically asserts that certain things are facts, even though they're his opinion or they're just not even true. Um, so this, right right from the start, he says, what does he say again? Let's, let's hear this. He's, oh, okay, so yeah, he says, the biggest myth about labor unions is that unions are for are for workers. So he's saying unions are not for workers. Um, but he doesn't say that unions are composed of workers. And he doesn't tell you what the job of unions are, which is to advocate for workers. All he says is that they're not for workers and that they're for unions. And that doesn't really make sense. Um, but again, that's why this is called dissecting propaganda. So just keep that in mind as we go forward. All right, let's continue. The biggest myth about labor unions is that unions are for the workers. Unions are for unions, just as corporations are for corporations and politicians are for politicians. Nothing shows the utter cynicism of the unions and the politicians who do their bidding, like the so-called Employee Free Choice Act that the Obama administration tried to push through Congress. Workers' free choice as to whether or not to join a union is precisely what that legislation would destroy. Workers already have a free uh, That's false. Uh, the Employee Free Choice Act uh, would not precisely destroy their choice to join a union. Actually, it would make it harder for them to join a union. Um, it, would, it would make it so... The point of that law was to make it so management can't just suddenly say no we're not counting your election i demand a second election so even if 100 percent of you sign uh, a petition saying a hundred percent of us want to form a union the management has the right to say it doesn't matter that's not valid i have to i'm going to force you to do a second election uh that's what the law would have got rid of so the management can't force them to do a second unnecessary election uh, but for some reason mr soul doesn't mention that Again, that's why this is called dissecting propaganda. So keep that in mind as we continue. 
Oh, and also as we continue, uh, just keep in mind uh, the point of these videos isn't to tell you what to think or even necessarily how to think. It's just to tell you what I think and then do what you will with that information. So, all right, let's continue. Speak choice and secret ballot elections conducted under existing laws. As more and more workers in the private sector have voted to reject having a union represent them, the union's answer has been to take away... Uh, again, this kind of dates the article. It's from 2011, but as of 2021, more and more workers from the private sector are beginning to choose to unionize, including from two of the nation's largest employers, Amazon and Starbucks, and Walmart, but Walmart keeps illegally shutting down their stores when they do that, but that's another topic for another day. Uh, let's continue before we run out of time. Secret ballot elections. Under the Employee Free Choice Act, unions would not have to win in secret ballot elections in order to represent the workers. Instead, Union representatives could simply collect signatures from the workers until they had a majority. Why do we have secret ballots in the first place, whether in elections for unions or elections for government officials? To prevent intimidation and allow people to vote how they want to without fear of retaliation. This is a crucial right that unions want to take away from workers. The actions of union mobs in Wisconsin, Ohio, and elsewhere... Okay, that's... Again, that's false. Uh, they, they don't want to take the crucial right of choice or secret ballots away from workers. Um, he was just kind of attributing that to the inaccurately to the Employee Free Choice Act um, without mentioning that he wants it the old way, which is management could force a second unnecessary election. All right, let's continue. He's talking about, uh, what do you say, violent mobs without... The actions of union mobs. Oh, union mob, union mobs. Excuse me, but he doesn't really get specific there, so it's kind of a red flag when someone's a little vague, um, overly vague. Usually, that could mean that, for lack of a better word, they're trying to scam you. All right, let's continue. Ohio and elsewhere, give us a free home demonstration of how little they respect the rights of those who disagree with them, and how much they rely on harassment and threats to get what they want. It takes world-class chutzpah to call circumventing secret ballots the employee free. You mentioned threats without without citing any examples, but all right, you guys already probably knew that. Let's continue. Free Choice Act. To unions, workers are just the raw material used to create. Sorry, let's go back. To you, circumventing secret ballots, the it how much they rely on harassment and threats to get what they want. It takes world-class chutzpah to call circumventing secret ballots the Employee Free Choice Act. To unions, workers are just the raw material used to create union power, just as iron ore is the raw material used by U.S. Steel and bauxite is the raw material used by the Aluminum Company of America. The most fundamental fact about labor unions is that they do not create any wealth. Okay, that, that part is very interesting. and. Uh... There's a lot to unpack there. Um, he said it takes world-class chutzpah uh, to take uh, to call the Employee Free Choice Act the Free Choice Act while taking away ballots, which that's not what it does anyways. So uh, I would say it takes world-class chutzpah to do what this video is doing, is to basically what he's doing right there by comparing workers to raw materials is to basically project what apparently he thinks about workers and attribute that to unions. Um, oh, and then he 
and then he says, like right here, he says the most fundamental fact. Oh, let's go back more. Okay, listen to this part. The most fundamental fact about labor unions is that they do not create any wealth. Okay, he, he lists as fact the most fundamental fact about labor unions is that they don't create any wealth. In other words, he's saying the most fundamental fact about labor unions is his opinion about labor unions. Um, so uh, that's another weird thing to say is because um, labor unions are composed of workers and workers do create wealth. They create most, if not all, the wealth. So that's also not true, what he's saying. All right, uh, let's continue. They are one of a growing number of institutions which specialize in siphoning off wealth created by others, whether those others are business... Notice he keeps saying siphoning, like using the word siphon, like taking wealth. But then he doesn't, strangely enough, mention where that wealth goes to, which it goes to the worth workers. Um, so you could use that word, like say if you're a business owner and you provide a service and your customers pay for that service. You could say you're siphoning wealth off of your customers. But I mean, that's how you, you earned it. I mean, that's to use the word siphon is a little odd. But um, again, that's why this is called um, dissecting propaganda. The same with workers in a union also earned that money. Um, all right, let's continue. This the taxpayers. There are limits to how long unions can siphon off money from businesses without facing... Another quick thing, I'm sorry, he, he mentions taxpayers several times throughout this whole video uh, in a way as if workers don't pay taxes. All right, let's hurry up. Serious economic repercussions. The most workers do pay taxes, by the way. <laughs> famous labor union leader, the legendary John L. Lewis, head of United Mine Workers from 1920 to 1960. Okay, this part, this part uh, we don't have time to slow, uh, slow this down, but basically he's talking about coal being replaced by oil in a lot of areas. Uh, he says free lunch a lot from here on, which is interesting. I'll get into that in a second, but he, he kind of fails to mention that technology does um, advance, and that doesn't mean it's the union's fault that technology advances, but that's what he kind of implies here and he keeps mentioning free lunch uh which uh he's trying to associate that term with basically workers which is really weird i mean basically if you work for a living you're getting a free lunch that's what it seems to be saying especially if you join a union then you're really getting a free lunch <laughs> so that's kind of weird he mentions free lunch several times but running out of time so let's continue an economist at the university of chicago well, let me called turn this up the world's greatest oil salesman. His strikes that interrupted the supply of coal, as well as the resulting wage increases that raised its price, caused many individuals and businesses to switch from using coal to using oil, leading to reduced employment of coal miners. The higher wage rates also led coal companies to replace many miners with machines. The net result was a huge decline in employment in the coal mining industry leaving many mining towns virtually ghost towns by the 1960s. There is no free lunch. Okay, there's a, there's a free lunch thing again. Similar things happen. The technology advanced, so all those workers were working, were basically getting a free lunch, which is really weird. And in the unionized mm. steel industry. Weird thing to say. And in the unionized automobile industry. Now this part is, is really interesting. Listen up. At one time, U.S. Steel was the largest steel producer in the world, and General Motors the largest automobile manufacturer. 
no more. Their unions were riding high in their heyday, but they too discovered that there is no free lunch, as there There's that term again. jobs by the hundreds of thousands. Workers have also learned that there is no free lunch, which is oh, why we go again. have, over the years, increasingly voted against being represented. Again, another outdated part of the video. We'll get back to General Motors here in a second, but, you know, workers are not decreasingly, or they're increasingly starting to vote to unionize. But again, this was recorded in 2011, or it was, you know, written in 2011. So let's continue. By unions in secret ballot elections. One set of workers, however, remained largely immune to such repercussions. These are government workers, represented by public sector unions. While oil could replace coal, while U.S. Steel dropped from number one in the world to number ten, and Toyota could replace General Motors as no. the world's leading producer of cars. Oh, okay, now Toyota replacing General Motors is the world's leading producer of cars. Uh, this part is very interesting because he doesn't mention um, that General Motors pays more for uh, health care than for steel. Um, so that might be something you want to mention when you're talking about being able to compete uh, with Toyota. Um, also, he doesn't mention that Toyota is unionized as well. Uh, Toyota, as you probably know, is a Japanese-based car manufacturer, and they are unionized in Japan. And uh, Japan has universal health care, so their country uh, you know, tells Toyota, basically, you focus on making cars and we'll take care of the health care. We don't do that here. We say shift the burden of health care onto whoever, either the individual or the company, and there you go, you're stuck with that. But um, he doesn't mention that, even though he, I'm pretty sure he knows that, you know, he's an economist. He's taught at Cornell and other places. But again, this is why this is called dissecting propaganda. All right, let's continue. We don't have that much time. Government is a monopoly. Nobody is likely to replace the federal or state bureaucracies, no matter how much money the unions drain from the taxpayers. That is why government unions continue to thrive while private sector unions decline. Taxpayers provide... And that's completely false now. Private sector unions are not declining. They're gaining exponentially. In less than two years, Starbucks went from zero unionized stores. Starbucks, one of the top 10 largest employers in the United States, to uh, over 200. All right. their free lunch. Okay, there's that free lunch word again. Okay, we're almost out of time. But in summary, uh, basically compared workers of raw materials, uh, it's an outdated article, but private sector unions are unionizing faster now. We're almost out of time. We've got four seconds left. All right, we got to cut it out next time on Important Old News.